Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Play driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. I have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a, uh, you know, I would say second half edition of the Warriors plus minus just because it's final ingrained. third. Final third. Yeah, I know. It's just how it works, right? Stretch second run. Half. Just call it stretch run. That's what it is. Uh, play in uh, preview edition, basically. No, that, that'll come in about a month and a half. Ouch. Uh, I mean, a bar. I believe that we could set the stage standings wise because I think that's like it's it's time, right? It's time to look at like how realistic the five six is compared to. Like there, to me, there's three pods in the Warriors. You know, the di- at this point, the Jazz, who they just beat twice, I think are are you know crumbling. So, the bad side for the Warriors, bad pod is the nine ten, which to me is like their favorites to be a nine ten pod. The reasonable one that they need to try to get at least is the seven eight, and then the target one is the five six. Um, we kind of talked about this going into the break, but you know, coming out of the break, I'm a little skeptical. Uh, it seems like you guys are maybe a little bit more optimistic. Uh, where are you guys at? Like, you, you know, I don't know how deeply you've looked at it, but skeptical of what? That they are going to for sure escape the play in, but also like even getting to the seven eight is going to be. Hard. No, I, I've said I think it's tough just because you got to jump over so many teams. Like, I think they can play better. That part I'm relatively optimistic about. We've seen that they're going to play better. They got a lot of games, right? More games than almost any other team more games against bad teams. So if they get on a run, they could pile up some wins. Like that is going to be important. They can run off some wins and they can make a move that way. But I don't know that three or four or five teams are going to back up enough. These are not bad teams. Like they got rid of the bad team. Houston and Jazz, and Jazz are not good teams. They were played well, but they're not good teams. The rest of them, like, they're going to reel in. Yeah, they're going to reel in, you know, Dallas for sure. Are we sure about that? Dallas not, is hot. Not, yeah, non-tanking Dallas, they're going to reel six in. Six in a row. Dallas yeah, the Kings, I guess, would be the one we're looking at, but I think the Kings don't have a difficult schedule remaining, which is important when there's only 30, 31 games left. So I think I am optimistic about how they're going to play. I'm not optimistic that they're going to jump to six. I don't, I said, I don't think six, just because of the math of having to jump all those good teams Suns are the Suns going to fall back I don't know that they're going to do that I think they got a tougher schedule but I don't know that they're going to go you know they're going to win five less games than the Warriors over the last 30 so I'd say like eight might be the top end I think but it would be a good eight you know I mean I, I they put themselves in a position where playing well might only get them to the eight that's where I am it's hard to see it another way it really just depends on how how good you think these other teams are. If we're presuming the Warriors have a stretch in them where they'll end up, you know, winning 
60% of their final 29 games. That probably means some, another team has to have a, a long struggle stretch. So, I mean, a couple teams. Yeah, I mean, some of these teams, I mean, they're right there, right? Like, so like 9 10, they're 9 10, right? They are two and a half games, uh, three losses behind the Kings. They don't have to play significantly better than the Kings to pass the Kings. Like, they're basically around the same. You know, Dallas, they're 3-3. Three, three. As poorly as they've played, they're three losses behind the Mavericks with three times playing the Mavericks. So they don't have to go on some crazy run to pass the Mavericks. They could literally be a 500 team <laughs> and beat the Mavericks three times, right? I don't think the space is that crazy, but the question is, do they have enough of them to do a crazy run to pass these to like really make the jump. I don't know that they have it in them because the the thing that is an issue has been an issue for two thirds of the season, which means it's probably going to be an issue for the last third of the season. So like, I, I don't think these other teams are so grand. I, I guess that's part of it. I, I, I can see Kyrie getting hurt and then Dallas tanks. That's not an unrealistic thing. It's not like, oh, that won't happen. That was I last see, year. Actually. I can see Bradley Bill yeah. getting hurt and Phoenix Falls. Like, I can see the Kings imploding. Like, these aren't major reaches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, these, yeah. these teams have the ability to fall out. But I just feel like they're all in the same bunch. The chances of the Warriors ended up at the top of the bunch. Eh. <laughs> yeah. I Top probably right. too strong, but to yeah. me, again, like the seven eight. I think if you just get into the seven eight, you yep. then have two chances to win one game instead yep. of you got to win two straight to save your season. Probably. I mean, I hear you, but seven eight is one game behind six. It's not like they're four games behind six. They're one loss behind. Six. I agree, but I think when we start to like try to leap them five spots, it's like another team has to do what you're talking about. Another team has to crumble. Yeah, another team yeah, not just I understand. Team. I'm just saying they don't three, have to... four teams doing it. You know, I, I'm just saying they don't have to drop completely. I don't want to make it sound like they got to be the Rockets and just tank, spiral. They just have to be a 500 team instead of a you know, fifty-eight percent win. Well, team. let's talk like, Warriors. That's what then. I'm saying. Yeah, you just said twenty-nine games, and yeah, you you know they they've played about three or four fewer than most of these teams because they had you know a nine-day break. What eighteen and eleven? Are you talking twenty and nine? Do you? That's think the get... thing. I don't. I don't know that they could do that. Yeah. And they that's got the so thing. many games. They're not going to have a lot of rest either. Like if there's going to be, a, there's going to be an extra back. And they're not back above in the, injuries. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. And that's we talk about. Yeah. Other teams could get an injury. What yeah, if? No question. We know the players who they cannot afford an injury. What if Kaminga gets or like even, you know, their third or fourth player. This is. It's a lot to ask for, for them to jump all those teams. I just think they want to be playing well. I think if you really ask, and they're not going to say it this way, just be playing well, get in the, get in wherever they're going to get in, and so they can feel good about that first matchup, and then they maybe get, you know, win one to get into the playoffs. Win one to get in the playoffs, and then you take your shot against whoever the two seed is or whoever they're going to end up with. Um, I just that that's got to be the most important thing. Now, here's the question I thought. Do you just go as hard as possible down the stretch playing Steph and Draymond 35 minutes every night, back to backs, the whole thing, put Clay in there, uh, whoever else you need to. And maybe they're tired. We've seen Steph get tired at the end of these big pushes uh, just to get the seven, try to take a wild shot at the six. Or at some point, do you say, you know what? Eight's all right. We don't need to gas it for the final week just to try to get the eight uh, and have Steph Tyre going into the play-in and maybe Tyre going in the first round. I think it depends on how obtainable it actually realistically is and 
how much easier the path looks if they did get it, you know, you know, by the final week, you start to look at, you know, who you might match up with in the playoffs. But, you know, if there's a significant, that's always tricky too. Remember advantage. they wanted the Kings last year. Yeah. Give us the Kings. They barely if you're si- let's say theoretically you're sitting at the seven and six is gettable in the final week. It's pretty important to not only get six because you have a guaranteed playoff spot, but also you, like you, rest. Do, you get, yeah. you know, about eight, nine days of rest before the yep. playoffs, where if you're playing out of the nine, 10, even if you fight your way in, you've just played two like 42 minute playoff games yep. on, on a Tuesday night and a Thursday night. And then game one is Saturday and you're just like wobbling in to face the nuggets in Denver or something like that. So uh, there's a lot of event uh, to me, every pod. And I mentioned those pods has significant advantages if you get into it. So yep. yeah, I would say they'll, they'll probably try to chase it down if it's there. I do agree with you that like, if you got to go like seven and zero to leap one spot over the last seven games, maybe you throttle back a little bit. Yeah, because you could you could try to go for it and not get it right, and yeah. then end up as a nine, and you're going, we're exhausted, and we're the nine, and we got one game to play this out. You know, we could get knocked out one time, or if we win, then we got to play another one. So it's you know it's it's a better sh- shape than they were in three weeks ago, and that we can at least talk about it, but. Uh, you know they have found something. I think we all agree with that. It's you know they'll they'll play it out the way they are, uh, but it's that's a long way to go to get to six. It is a long way, and those are pretty good teams. Not and some of them are potentially very good teams that ahead of them. The Lakers are sitting right in front of them. Like we're, they got to get over the Lakers if they're doing this. Three <laughs> Lakers games. Yeah, by they the way. Play, I mean, they're we, playing we, the Lakers we, tomorrow. This, right? It was the Maybe same LeBron. thing last year. It was no literally LeBron. the same thing. Yeah, no LeBron possibly tomorrow, but. Um, that would be interesting I, with LeBron we'll today. In the, I uh, feel like he might play in that game. Yeah. I th- what, how, what do you think the reception LeBron's going to get at Chase Center after the story that came out last week? Nothing. Same thing. Same thing. Because, you know, there's actually usually a decent amount of Laker fans in there cheering him anyways. And true, I don't think, true. I think the Bay Area fans would find, you know, find it a little disrespectful to just like suddenly like standing, oh, LeBron. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you're going to see too many Warriors fans. The Brawny signs up in the stands, draft Brawny. They did buy a second round pick. <laughs> I, I just want to throw we haven't talked about that. I know it's whatever it was, but we haven't talked about. The Warriors reportedly, and I don't think it's been denied by anybody that they called the Lakers about LeBron at the trade deadline. And the Lakers basically said, hey, maybe talk talk to LeBron's people, see if he's interested. How far do you guys think that went? What do you think that signifies for the Warriors? I don't think it went very far. I do think it signifies that, you know, their realization that we've all had all season talking about like, hey, they need a number two, right? Marcus has been saying this since what November probably right you know that when the desperate times of the Pascal Siakam conversations right. were going on and <laughs> could you lure Lori Markin in out of Utah like that's the hole on the roster right like like high-end talent next to Steph uh they're deep they're young they're rising there's even like hey could what could Kaminga become we've had talks about like is there a two three type ceiling on Kaminga maybe um LeBron who generates a lot of headlines. They have enough of a connection, particularly with the Draymond side of this, which is kind of interesting. And the way he kind of tried to somewhat deny it in All-Star Weekend. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, but Who, LeBron or, or, or Draymond? Draymond. Draymond okay. basically said he told, like he said, he, the reporting wasn't fully the full story and that he told Joe, don't put Kaminga in it. And it's like, if Kaminga's not in it, what are we really talking about? Yeah, and Draymond's not the yeah. one who has to convince Joe not to put Kaminga in it. Yeah. Put it that but that's Maybe that's him cleaning up. Like, you know, hey, like Kamin- he's sitting there trying to tell Kaminga, you're next. And then if you're Kaminga looking at those rumors, you're like, well, am I next for the Lakers? Or 
I mean, look, it's it's sexy. It's a headline. It's very interesting. Palace intrigue, all that. But I don't think it was close. And I think even Rich Paul, what are you going like Stephen A. Smith or something like that? And was just like Warriors wouldn't be great for for LeBron. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know. Marcus, what are your thoughts? This uh, little flirtation has been happening for years. <laughs> years yeah where there's like lebron like yeah i would love to play with steph Ah, can we do this and remember last time steph was like we're good he called it like fantasy land essentially yeah yeah. that wasn't the exact term but it was like yeah to me the the more interesting development of it is that it was leaked when it was the warriors who called that's the part that's that's a little interesting. Uh, like by who do you suspect? I could I could tell you this, not the warrior side of things. <laughs> now, I don't know which, the Warriors side. I don't know which part of the Lakers side of things because you know I don't think it was Rich Paul either. I don't yeah, think I, don't, I would agree. So TK, I, you're thinking yeah. you say you think it's the Lakers who <laughs> I think I've already said that <laughs> in the past. Yeah. I think they've got a passive aggressive relationship with, with with LeBron James, and it was kind of like Knowing how Genie does is like, hey, you want to go? You know, we can try to figure out a way for you to go. Uh, probably knowing that he wasn't going to want to go. I mean, I think all these things are are within that context. But here's my th- I think the Warriors are going, you know what? If we can steal LeBron James, like if they're tired of each other there, we'll offer him Clay Thompson, right? I mean, I don't know that they had to. We're going to offer Kaminga. I don't know that, you know, Clay and Moody and two firsts or you know, whatever, whatever they could put together. If they want Chris Paul, Chris Paul, you want expiring, you know, whatever expiring contract you want. If you want Wiggins, Wiggins. But I don't know that they were going to put Kaminga into that. I think they were like, we got a shot at, at something, you know, and we know, I think they called LeBron after 2016. I think they did. And LeBron had just beat them in game seven. You know, we'll talk about the, the maneuverings that they do. Um, they end up getting Durant. So I think that worked out just fine. But like they call this stuff and if LeBron wanted out that's their way to get him because I don't think there's a way to get him really other than that they can't you you try to trade them because this is when your expirings have trade value you they don't don't have trade value when they're actually expired so um just try to try to steal LeBron James for a year or two and see what happens and you know if Kaminga can learn from LeBron James and and Draymond that's good it wasn't going to happen but them calling was interesting, and yeah, and we suspect it was the Lakers who who let it out is very interesting in the Lakers LeBron relationship, right? It's like it's a little telling about that how kind of tense it is, uh, how the rest of the season might play out, and what could happen LeBron's player option for next season. Uh, all those things are very passive aggressive, and it's kind of the Warriors on the outside looking in on that one and, and curious about it. I just yeah. think it was there they're shot at it. Throw it out there. He wasn't, and as the way Steph responded to it, you know, when I asked him about it afterwards, it's like the things that you don't hear about are pretty big. Like there's other things out there that, you know, that all teams are trying to do. I'm sure there were other, you know, lines tossed out there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it up against Joe to try to, you know, see if Durant wants to come back at some point. Like that's just what they do. Not like saying any of it's realistic. But they do stuff like that, and they've always been intrigued by LeBron. Uh, I bet you, I bet you, Joe's looking at Milwaukee. Joe, Joe's well, yeah, yeah, Milwaukee. yeah. That Connaughton's the guy he's really loading up for. No, no, you know they do that stuff, and you know most of it's unrealistic, and ninety nine percent of it never happens. 
Yeah, I would say some of the like what I was hearing in the aftermath of of the that report coming out from from some people on the Warrior side was like doesn't sound like it's great over there with LeBron. Like sure. you know, I do think that was at the heart of of of, of why this surfaced. And again, I don't. That's all second hand. And why they called? The, call. And why they called? Yeah. Right. That, that yeah. might you know, hey, if he wants out and we can guarantee him, we'll 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 take Brawny. Then you know, maybe we get two years with LeBron and LeBron, Draymond, Steph. You know. Kaminga, whatever else they got, be very interesting. As far as the team, you guys are like to me coming out of the break, like Clay going to the bench. Like I know it was, it went really well, right, with the way he scored and turned it almost into a positive story in that, uh, you know, late in Utah game Thursday night. Um, Steve Kerr has committed to like this is the you know coming out of the break. He is going to be coming off the bench. Pajemski will be starting, uh, but I don't think this like this is going to be something we're going to track all year, right? Like. I don't think Clay Thompson is just happily like, oh, now I'm a six man for the rest of my career. Uh, I'm just curious. Like, I don't know where you guys are at on that, but I don't think it lasts. The reality still is they need somebody to spread the floor. So I just don't know how much defenses are saying, man, you bet you got to get out of Pajimski. You got to get out of Pajimski. Like, he can shoot it, he's making it at a, you know, a good clip. I mean, I think that one stretch. Brought his numbers are down, but he's you know he's bringing them back up. You know, third, what is he at thirty eight percent? I think. Yeah, 30, yeah, he's up to thirty eight. Yeah. He's been, I think, he's twelve of his last nineteen. Yeah, he had a just a little rough stretch right there that because I think he was like closer to forty. But I don't know that he that people or teams are saying you got to get out to Pajipski and he's knocking down open shots. So if he keeps doing that, perhaps. But in the end, especially in the fourth quarter, which is you know. I I wrote about that, you know, that's going to pop up at some point today. Like the fourth quarter has been their big problem. They just can't, they can't score. And you still need somebody to spread the floor for Steph. Like if, 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 you, if this is just going to be Steph, if you're not going to have a number two, you really need to get Steph, get off. And Clay is just incredibly valuable in that way. And the moment he stops, doing things that make him detrimental, then I think he gets back in. I think that's the problem. He starts doing things that hurt the team, overriding his intrinsic value. But to me, if he's playing smart, making you know, making smart shots and being okay with just going three for four or four for six and, you know, not like just getting destroyed on defense because as, as Tim has been saying for a couple of years now, he's pretty good at guarding big guys, the bigger dudes, right? The power forwards, like – Clay being on the court is still the problem. And that game against Utah where he scores 35 off the bench is the reason why he still has value because everybody knows at any moment, like it can happen. So I do think he ends up getting it back because he provides one of the most important things you need with Steph and it's space. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let me ask you, though, does does he get it back from Pajemski? Because Pajemski's averaging seven rebounds, seven assists right now, like, Pretty much every game. I mean, over the last, you know, however, since he's been starting. I mean, he is a high rebound, high assist, low turnover, defensive, like, plus in some ways, right? With the way he takes charges, the way he, you know, Steve Kerr views yeah, it as yeah, a defensive no, no. plus. He's a so, defensive plus. So, and I would say he's as much of a spacer right now as Wiggins, probably. Now, Wiggins can guard your bigger wings, so it probably would depend on matchup. But also, like, I'm not sure if we're talking closing lineup. Hey, Clay's got it tonight. Um, like even the other night, he they closed Clay in Utah. There was like he was in for Kaminga at times, he was in for Wiggins at times. It's like I don't think it's as simple as like, oh, just go take Pajemski's starting spot back. Like there is like the rookies kind of won it too. And I think that's the part of this conversation that we haven't talked about as much, or at least, you know, it's just not as interesting because it's not this dynastic guy dealing with it. But like Steve Kerr loves Brandon Pajemski. Like and views him probably as a future starter, like pretty much from now moving forward, because of all the small things he does. Connector, he, you know, he loves. Yeah, what, that yeah one, we right? always says that. Yeah, he moves yeah. the ball. The ball moves, and I don't know if that means he's absolutely going to stay in the starting line. He's probably going to be moved in and out. But God does Kerr love that the ball moves with Bajemski. I think starting, but closing, not yes. yeah. But here's yeah. another element to this, and I mix it all in there. So what happens when Chris Paul's back? To me, that's the reason. That's the thing that makes Pajemski not expendable, but you're okay playing Claymore because you still have this ball mover presence guy. The question is, if Kerr has a choice between the two, does he take Chris Paul or Pajemski? Like, that's kind of the question. Yeah, it might be Chris Paul to close. I still I think, think that's what I think it'll be yeah, Chris Paul yeah. to close. We talk about the Over Clay and Pajemski is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. But I think if you got Chris Paul, now you need Clay because now you need the floor spacer. So, but yeah. then suddenly you're going Steph, Chris Paul, Clay, and then you're having the defensive problems you were having early in the season. I, they were too I've small. been yeah. saying this. This is, what, this is the problem with that whole deal. This is why... For the sake of Chris Paul being a legend, they probably should have moved him because this is going to be a problem. Well, then it'll probably be Chris Paul over Clay. To me, Wiggins coming a Draymond is what they're like kind of living with because they feel like they have to. Are you much better with Paul Pajemski Steph defensively? Well, no, you're going you're going Paul over Pajemski over Clay if we're talking about closing because I think you're going Wiggins coming a Draymond from a defensive size athleticism standpoint, right? Like that's your. But you're saying one of the three CP. CP Clay or yeah, I mean you could, but so you could mix and one of those mix. three. Yeah. yeah, I mean I see that to close, and again I watch those fourth quarter meltdowns, and you go, this is why CP three is important to this team because it, I mean they had some meltdowns with him too. I'm not saying it's impossible, but you're better with him because he can take the dribbles into pressure and take them out of pressure. Like he can do those things that they just don't have anybody other than Steph, and Steph's getting double teamed, like you know the the. The, the Kaminga pass, I mean, under pro was unbelievable in Utah, which is um, five on three. It wasn't as bad as the John Collins pass, at least. Well, the John Collins <laughs> pass was pretty excellent, actually. Throwing That's the only thing that's yeah. <laughs> But uh, I think it was worse than the Collins pass. It was bad. And you know what? Mostly because happened. he had four other options. Collins hit yeah, the hot dog guy. I mean, in, Collins in pass section. was... T- How about this? It was, The decision was worse than Collins. Because okay. he was the the dribbling execution, it with no yeah. 
But you Collins knew Collins was clearly <laughs> frazzled and falling yeah. apart. He was just yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna blow the game. Like, I, I I get that. I'll just say if you have Chris Paul in there, maybe Kaminga turns around, looks for CP3, it says, and gives, just the ball, gives yeah. him the ball. No question. You know, and that was the problem with that play. And I again, I don't think Chris Paul is perfect, certainly not his age, but that's why. Still, Kerr Chris Paul would man. still want him in the game <laughs> and not have the meltdowns that they've had. Certainly, with him out, uh, some of them with him in, but there's just another guy other than Steph who can just say defense. I'm gonna just you're not gonna get me to panic and throw the ball away here. And they've got a lot of guys who don't want the ball. I understand it. It's just Wiggins does not want the ball under pressure like that. Clay does not want the ball. There, you know, Kaminga probably wants it but shouldn't have it. Like Chris Paul is a guy who could spin it out and reset and try to milk 20 seconds off the clock. And I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play to close. And I, I don't know how many minutes he's going to play in the game, but like the final six, I can see CP3 being in there. Can I ask you guys the more delicate question, bigger picture macro question of in, the final stretch run, which is, you know, they're sitting at 10th. We've talked about the difficult path to even get in the playoffs. Even if they do get in, I don't think any of us are talking, you know, are about to predict some deep run. Obviously, Steph wants a deep run. Dre Moss, Steve Kerr, there's still somewhat of a faint belief that that could happen. But at the same time, as you are viewing this forward thinking, you have elevated Jonathan Kaminga into, you know, a bona fide number two, as, as Draymond Green called him. And now Pajemski has been elevated over Clay. Pajemski's playing 33 minutes a night right now. Uh, even if you are correct on certain nights that Chris Paul could make more sense or even Clay, you know, hey, go win your starting job back. I think there's a level of desire within this franchise that like this is about the future. You know, this is about Pajemski getting those reps, even if he makes some mistakes. This is about, hey, Kaminga might not be ha might not have it tonight, but don't bench him. You know what I mean? Like, let Jonathan Kaminga play. Uh, these these big fourth quarter minutes, let him make the mistakes, let him grow because at, into the future and the future is the next couple seasons, but it's beyond. Obviously, you want Pajemski heading into the summer with as much experience as you can get in Kaminga. And, you know, we can even go lower level Trace Jackson Davis, right? There's there's a little push and pull there. Uh, you know, Moody, that's always a kind of a conversation. Lester uh, Quinones. Quinones, sure. Um, but, you know, like to me, that's a bigger, bigger question because, yeah, there's certain nights where it's like, you know, Chris Paul would really help right now. But it's like, should Pajemski just be getting these reps? You know what I mean? For like a team that's sitting in 10th, shouldn't you just give them to the young guys? I mean, they've never done that. So why would they start now? Be because there's because a turning of the corner. I mean, they've never benched Clay Thompson <laughs> no, either. I'm saying, I know what you're you know? saying. But you're saying it should be done because they've never done it and it yeah. didn't work, right? Because now, I mean, I feel like Kaminga is there. You know, mostly, and, you know, he's in the third. Kaminga is almost, almost there too. I think he's like, almost there because he's going to play well enough to be on the court. Well, like, and Steve loves his decision-making. Yeah. This isn't some uber-talented rookie. He loves his decision-making. I think if we're talking about, like, if he's not playing well, do you take him off? I think he's a rookie. He gets taken off. But I don't, I just don't think he – his not playing well days are far fewer in between than rookie Kaminga, right, or rookie Moody. So – in that sense, where it's like, uh, he's not, he don't really have it, but get him out there because he needs the reps. I think that's more of a second, third year thing with the Warriors. Uh, but I just don't think Pajipsi is going to be playing poorly enough to not be on the court. Like, I think he's going to force his way on the court. So it's it's really a question of, do you keep Kaminga on? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you put Moody on? Whose reps matter more for the Warriors into the future, Kaminga or Wiggins? 
mean, Kaminga's perhaps mean more. Yeah, no question. But Marcus, you've talked yeah. about like the whole playoff. Like Kaminga like doesn't even really have playoff experience. I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. he's been in a playoff game, but he has not been trusted with a rotation spot. In the yeah, he's got to He's got to have it. I feel like he's got to have that. I feel, that's what I'm saying. I feel like even when Kaminga's not playing well, like to me that Utah game was great. He needs to feel that, right? He needs to know what that feels like. He needs to understand, like, reading and how when he gets panicked in the moment, he can't just, like, that's how you learn how to behave in tight games is you trick those off a few times and now you know what not to do. Now, usually that's happening on a bad team. Like, this is what Scotty Barnes has been doing for for the last three years on Toronto, right? But it doesn't matter because he's playing on a, like, a middling, you know, Eastern Conference team. Kaminga hasn't been able to do that. I just think Pods is going to play his way into the minutes anyway. Like, by sheer virtue of when you list the best eight players, he's probably going to be one of them. You know what I'm saying? So it's, I guess it's less charity with him than it is more like... Well, we're talking closing now, which is an eight. Yeah, I, right? I, just, I just think it's a compromise. It's like, if Chris Paul is by far the best choice, you play him. If he's not, maybe you start thinking about not playing him 24 minutes and he plays 16 he's not going to be thrilled by that no no at this point okay so what you know not so what because he's a hall of fame player and you respect that but also they, they got to go with what's best for the franchise and he's probably not gonna be on the team next season or you know and, and unless he wants to come back for 15 million i don't know that he would um i just think that you have to it's percentage of this, it's 52% chance of this. And then if when it goes bad, you go to something else. I just think, you know, you got to be more willing to lean to the youth. You got to be more willing to accept some mistakes. I think Kerr has done that with Kaminga. Like he said, like I kind of like he's going to blow some defense assignments. I'm still going to play him. Now he still kind of wants to react like Steve Kerr no- normally does and pull him out of the game. And sometimes he does, and some and most times he leaves him in. And I just think whether it's Pajemski or maybe even Moody or Quinones, um, like they're Chris Paul is the one where the minutes might get affected and he's going to want is not going to like it for obvious reasons. And they'll have to deal with that. And if he plays great and they're closing with them and he's playing 22 minutes, that's the way it goes. Like you, you sacrifice one for the other, but he's got to play really well. They got to play really well with him for them to go with them for 24 minutes. If they're not, then he's going to lose some minutes and they deal with that in, in, in the locker room and in, in the huddle after that. But um, I think they've kind of made that shift a little bit and then we'll see how it goes game to game when he's out there. But I just don't think you have Chris Paul and then live through those meltdowns. I just don't think you can do that. You can't live through another, you know, Kings giveaway or Clippers giveaway with Chris Paul sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter. Like I just don't think practically they're going to do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the young players are out there for that too, right? It's not like everybody's culpable. So at some point, every I do think part of the development is saying, come have a seat over here. <laughs> you yep, know what I'm saying? Like, And like winning the game, like prioritizing winning of the game is also part of the development. But I mean, the I, I think that one of the, the, the real difference maker, like to me, the, the, the place where this question is going to be like, what are you doing? Like, how do you decide? It's less Paul Pajimski, more Wiggins, Gary Payton II. These are the middle guys. I mean, it would have been Looney, but Looney's kind of out now. But, the like, Wiggins is under contract. So, like, 
he's under contract for as long as, you know, for longer than Kaminga is. Gary Payton II is under contract. So it's like, it's not like they're going to be leaving at the end of the season where Chris Paul is. So what do you do with these middle-of-the-pack guys who are not old, who are not young, who are under contract? And you're basically saying right now, hey, we just don't have a spot for you. We you got know? a spot for Wiggins. We got a spot for Wiggins. But yeah, it's... Not a Pajewski. <laughs> no, he's playing. He's play- he's got to defend the best guy, right? They they need they need somebody who defends the best. I guy think and, their and default he- closing front court is is Wiggins, Kaminga, Draymond, and then I do think and Steph and the- so I do think we're talking about one spot. Mostly. Yeah, and I think GP two is going to be spot. I've I, I've said this, and I, I know people really like GP two sometimes more than I do, and I understand that he gives them a energy boost and defensive, you know real domination when he's out there but you can't play him all the time because he can't shoot and that's you can only have so many guys who aren't going to shoot that jump shot you just that's i get into this you know with 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 the pajemski issue and he's shooting more so you can play him more but you can't have three guys who won't shoot you can't have them on the court together and gp2 will not shoot so it just it's difficult to say okay we're building in i don't know what you're talking about man he's shooting 51 percent when he's wide open in the corner like you know that's like is the pull up jumper is what I'm talking about. To take the dribble, stop, hit a jumper. You know they have a real lack of that. Real lack of that. That's why you know Clay taking the mid range is really valuable to them because because they don't have people who take that shot. And that that's why Oklahoma City can has guys who you know Shea Gill just Alexander. Well, who are you playing does. that's taking it then? You got more of a shot. Well, no, like you're saying playing him over Wiggins. Wiggins got more shot of it than than GP two does. That that's kind of the spot because that's the spot right there. No, I'm saying to me, like there are scenarios where you got Steph on the court, and if you're going Wiggins, Kaminga, Draymond, do you throw GP two out there? You can. And- I'm saying I'm not saying never play him. I'm saying to close. You got it. It's either him or Wiggins or Clay, even or Kaminga. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you need you need a power. You need a bigger yeah. guy, especially when you're playing Draymond. I, that's all I'm saying. If you if you just don't have a if you don't have a plan for GP two, if if the plan includes Kaminga taking over those Kaminga and Pajemski and Steph and Draymond, that's four spots. To me, those are the the decisions they'll have to make. Like even so, if you're deciding, all right, it's Wiggins, it's Kaminga. That's who we're rolling with, and Pajemski. You know, what I'm saying? it definitely leaves Moody out the mix. But oh, Moody's out of the mix. He's out of the mix. To me, though, those are the more like if Chris Paul leaves in the summer, like this is this is decided. Like you know, what I'm saying, and I think he will if you only go play him 20 minutes. Oh yeah, he should. He should. <laughs> yeah, he should. Well, he should. Joe Lacob's selling J- Tim Kawakami. He wants to duck the tax. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's gonna have to leave him. Yeah, you got like yeah, you got like 30 million dollars between Clay and Chris Paul. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think uh, that's gonna be quite doable. Although they, there's a way they can get even lo- lower, and I think that's subtracting yeah. Looney. I mean, that's that's another way so uh but there's a lot to get into we don't have a lot of time here but but we I, got a lot of time the rest of the season yeah, we are uh, going to keep talking about it keep talking about it but uh there's, just there's for the record a, i'm the one who predicted the words to get to the third seed just remember that when they, <laughs> third, third third yeah go with third. third is crazy i'm saying eight i'm saying eight right now on february Kyle saying eight 21st. i'm saying that's a good 
that's a good guess, Tim. I probably would have gone with that. Seven. I'll go seven. I'll give him a I'm going to six. Okay, cool. Cool. I'll sit in the middle ground. All right. Uh, And they're starting with a big one. Thursday night Lakers. Big ball game. Friday night Hornets. That's like in its own way a big one, right? They need to beat the teams they need to beat. Uh, Seth Curry in the Hornets and Del Curry. The Currys are coming in to to ruin uh, dreams. And then Nuggets Sunday uh, in a big one. ESPN, I believe it's a 4 p.m. tip. So we will talk to you this week because we got some big games to cover. Yeah. Jesus.